0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Y'all are all so sweet. When I come over your homes and, Pastor Rodney, would you be so... Gracious to bless the food and bless our home. And sure, love to pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Give me a plate. <laughs> I thought you were the pastor. Aren't you supposed to like pray long prayers? I'm, no, I don't pray long prayers, especially when it comes to eating. Cause if the I gotta have hot food, okay? I can't be praying. You know, people. You know what I'm saying? That's why you're laughing. We, I mean, we get in prayer meetings and we get holding hands and stuff, and we're praying around the food. The food's getting cold, and you're blessing the curtains. <laughs> this is not good. You're blessing the curtains. Oh, Father, bless the curtains and the tables and the chairs, and thank you for this floor. It's like, come on. The food's getting cold. Yeah, I'm, you know, somebody say, Pastor, would you say grace? Grace! Give me a plate. (laughs) All right, now, if you agree with that, clap your hands. All right, I want to know that you're with me. All right, thank you. So when I come to your house, don't don't be shy. The strength of prayer has nothing to do with the length of prayer. The strength of prayer comes out of a, here it is, humble heart. God, remember last week we talked about it. Peter walking on the water about to sink. You're talking about a short prayer. How's this? Help! (laughs) One word. The Lord helped him. So you don't need all this. Oh, my goodness. Pick up the tape from last week if you weren't here. No, no, this prayer is concise. It's precise. It's complete. It covers the whole scope of our need and his worthiness. Number one, notice his person. Now, this is awesome. Look at verse nine. His person, our father. Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our father, his person. Now, you got to understand something. When Jesus told his disciples to pray our father, these words were shocking to them and shocking to any Jewish person at all who would ever hear this. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, in this manner, this is how you start your prayer. Our father. When he said that, I'm sure he probably lost the disciples right there. Lost them. Pff, what? Wait. Uh, 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 hold it. Does not compute. Hold it. Wait a minute. You, you want us to call him father? I don't, I, I don't know if we can do that, Lord. I mean, after all, every good Jew knows that you never, absolutely never, no, not ever, do you approach God and speak his name even from your lips. And you most certainly never call him father. Jewish people never called him father. In the Old Testament, they called him many names. They called him God, Elohim, which means the mighty, strong God. El Shaddai the mighty God. They called him Yahweh, Adonai. Praise Adonai, the Lord. But you never called him Father, never. As a matter of fact, when they were reading their Bible, they would be reading through the scriptures. And whenever they came across the name of God, because they they felt his name was so holy, his name was so holy that it should never part through the lips of sinful man, never. So when they read the name of God, They would come to his name. They would bow their heads and say Hashem. Which means the name. But never ever. No not ever. Do you ever call God Father. So when Jesus said. When you pray. Say. Our Father. They were like whoa. That's deep. That's heavy. Father. Father. Father, Yeah, Abba. That's the word, Abba. Papa, it means daddy. It just kind of gives you the flavor of a, a little kid who just kind of runs up to Papa and, and Daddy, Abba, Abba, and it just jumps into Daddy's lap. If you travel to Israel today in the old city, you see all these little kids, and they're running behind their mommies, and they're saying, Ema, Ima, which means mommy, mommy, and little... Children running behind their fathers, Abba, Abba, which means father, 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 father. This is radical for them to call God father. And so God is simply saying to them, get this. He's simply saying, this is what I want from you. This is you want to learn to pray. Here it is. Here's prayer 101, okay? Prayer 101. Call God Father. What does that speak of? It speaks of relationship. It speaks of relationship. And it speaks of intimacy. Which are two very foreign things to the Jewish people and quite honestly, two very foreign things to people today. Relationship. In other words, God, Jesus is saying, listen, God is not way out there. You know, people have this, you know, God is way out there. And and when they pray, you can hear it. Some people, they have like this 1-800 relationship with God. This 1-800 long-distance relationship with God. Oh, Father, if thou omnipotent God wouldest come down to see thine peasants, us. And this relationship with God is like, shoo. It's way out there. And, and, and Jesus is saying, no, sh- no, it's right here. Abba, Father, call him Father. Because he's your father. And he's my father. And that's why the scriptures tell us, let us boldly come unto the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. This is another very foreign thing to Jewish people. Remember the tabernacle. And you've got the holy place. And you've got the most holy place, which is behind, beyond that 18 inches thick curtain where the Ark of the Covenant dwelt in the Shekinah glory of God. And and no one, absolutely no one except the high priest, and then only once a year, was able to come beyond that curtain and go into the presence of God. And even that, once a year, he's able to go into the presence of God, he had to go through all of these rituals and all of this cleansing and all of the censors and all of these things and ritualistic things that they had to do in order to approach God. And and, and and that's why they wore these long robes, and at the bottom of these robes were these bells, these little pomegranates and little bells. And 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 at the tied to their ankle was a rope, and this rope extended out of the most holy place into the holy place and out toward the people. And the people would gather together, and they'd be listening for the bells, for the movement of the bells. Because if they stopped hearing the bells moving, they knew the priest wasn't holy and God killed him. He'd be like, who's the next priest up? <laughs> oh, no, And he would die in the presence of the Lord because no one could approach God just because they chose to. And if he died, they couldn't go in and get him. So they use a rope to pull him out. You see? Now, Jesus says, okay, I fulfilled all that. I tore the, the veil from top to bottom. Shh. Notice not from bottom up, but from top to bottom, which speaks of what? God reaching down the man. Shh. Now, call me father. Oh. And now come boldly into the throne. Why? Because they had a relationship, intimacy relationship. It's just like my kids. It's like my 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 family. You know, when I'm studying, I'm preparing for Friday. I I, I don't I, for Sunday. I prepare on Fridays. I don't like to be bothered. If I'm in my office, I, I do not like to be bothered. When I'm studying, don't knock on my door. Okay, Pastor Rodney, what do you want?
0: Get away from here.
1: But see, my, my, my wife and my children now, that's a whole different story. My wife, she didn't even bother to knock. She just, boom, come in the door. What you doing? What you doing? I'm studying the word alone. That's what I like to do. Okay? Or my kids, same thing. They just come in, you know, Dad, Ronnie did this, and Janelle did that, and this and that, and this and that. You got 10 bucks? (laughs) Just use me. You just use me. But they can do that. Why? Because you got it relationship. And they can do that because we have a relationship. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive mercy, grace, and help in a time of need. Hebrews 4 16. Great, great, great verse. Jesus is saying, look, come right in. Come close. Abba, jump up into Abba's lap because you now have full and complete access to the Father. So come right in and come right now. When you pray, say our father, where is he? Point number two, his place. He is in heaven. He's not here on earth. He's in heaven, which speaks of what? Look, we should reverence God because God is in heaven. I, I, God told me recently, he said, you know, pastor, I got to tell you something. He said, me and God, we like this. Me and God, we like this. <laughs> I said, what? He said, me and God, you know, we mean God, you know, the man upstairs. The man upstairs, me and the man upstairs. I'm like, dude, he's not the man upstairs. He does not live on the second floor. What's up with you? Oh, people are like, oh, yeah, the big kahuna, me and the big kahuna, me and the big kahuna. We, the big kahuna. Or me and God we homies. Me and God, we homies. God's stuff 101, okay? He's not your homie, okay? God is not your homie. He is God. The guy down the street is your homie, okay? The guy you work with, that's your homie. God is not your homie. He's not the big kahuna. He's not the man upstairs. He is God the Father. And guess what? He's bigger than you. He's over you. He's over everything. But but don't we got to be careful to reverence God for who he is. Just like you want respect from your kids, God wants respect from his. For who he is, he is in heaven. The Father's in heaven and notice his preeminence. His name is to be hallowed. Hallowed be your name. Now this word hallowed literally means Holy, separated, other, transcendent. Holy is his name. And holy is his nature. And so... The four living creatures, each having six wings, Revelation 4, 8, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Listen, here at Calvary, we do about five songs during a worship set. In heaven, one song, and just has three words. Holy, holy, holy. That's it. In heaven, that's all you get to sing. Well, I'm sick of the same old songs every week at Calvary. Well, then you're going to hate heaven, all right? <laughs> you're just going to hate heaven because there's not a lot of music. All these cool songs. In heaven, one song, and I don't believe... That we're ever going to get tired of it, saints. Do you? No. Amen. No. We'll never get tired of it. Holy, holy, holy. He's separate. He's transcendent. He is other than we are. And then number four, the prayer. Look in your Bibles. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The prayer. Now you got to understand something about prayer. Prayer isn't getting your will done on earth contrary to popular teaching prayer is not getting your will done on earth prayer is getting god's will done on earth prayer is getting god's will done prayer is not an argument with god trying to get god to move things your way and twisting god's arms so that he'll do things the way you feel prayer is an exercise where we move ourselves his way. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. You see, the right kind of prayer has at its core a passion for God's glory and God's agenda and God's name and God's kingdom. It's his will that's top priority. Our prayer should be, Lord, may your will be done on earth. God, I want your will above my own. Lord, advance your kingdom. May your kingdom come. Prayer says, God, may you as king take up residence upon the throne of my heart. And Lord, be present in my life. God, be present in my family. God, be present in my business. God, be present in my home. Your will done on earth through me. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Number five, provision, provision. Notice it says, give us this day our daily bread. Did you know that God is always willing to provide for our needs? Our provision is a part of God's priority. God always wants to provide for us. He always will provide for us. It makes me think of the story in the wilderness that the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and God provided them manna from heaven every single day. Every day. And they ate manna every day of the week, 365 days a year for 40 years. And they said, manna alive, We are sick of eating manna. And they, they, they got really clever. At making various manna dishes, they made manakati <laughs> banana bread, banana splits. But a boom! God provides; He always provides. Our provision is His priority. You see. His provision, our provision is his priority. You see, God doesn't teach, and everyone wants you to notice something here. God doesn't teach, give, give us this, 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 this weekly bread. Did you notice that? It doesn't say give us our monthly bread. It doesn't say give us our yearly bread or give us our lifetime bread. It says give us our daily bread. Why? Because if God gave you your monthly bread, you would pray once a month. Isn't it true? If God give you a yearly bread, you get your yearly bread and you say, okay, God, good God, great God, great bread, and we'll talk to you next year. No, God says, daily bread. Why? Because I want you to come to me daily. I want to talk to you daily. You come to God and say, God, give me, give me my daily bread. And God gives you your daily bread, whatever you need. Bread is more than food. Bread is provision. Whatever you need. And then you come back and then, and then God says, great, I'll see you tomorrow. And You come back tomorrow. God, give us our daily bread. And notice his pardon, not only his provision, but his pardon in verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. You see, the forgiveness of sin is the reason Jesus died. To provide us with forgiveness. That's the reason he died. And because he died for our forgiveness and we can now go to him, as we talked about, we can go to him and say, Father, forgive me. Just boldly enter, Father, forgive me. We need to be willing to forgive others. I am amazed at how many Christians are not willing to forgive others and they quickly go to the Father when they need forgiveness. This should not be so, saints. No. You see, we go to the Father and say, Father, forgive us. And the Father forgives us. He provides forgiveness. And I don't know about you, but I feel forgiven. I I feel it. But likewise, I need to be willing to forgive others. See, when somebody offends you, you say, I'll forgive you, but I ain't going to forget it. That, That means not really forgiving you. You know, it's just rhetoric. No, we need to be willing to forgive Forgive us our debt as we forgive others. And then number seven, his protection. Notice, lead us not into temptation in verse 13. This simply means, Lord, give me strength to overcome the desires of my flesh. This speaks of humility and dependency on God. It's coming to God and saying, God, I need your help with the desires of my flesh. You see, you're completely and totally dependent on God in humility. Dependent on God. And then last but certainly not least, his power again in verse 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This model prayer ends in an explosion and an expression of praise. Yours is the kingship. Yours is the power. That word power in the Greek language is dunamis. We have the word dynamite dynamo. Yours is the kingship and yours is the dynamite. It's all about you, God. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's all about you and your kingdom. You are powerful. You are God. You are omnipotent. You are omniscient. You know everything. You are all powerful. And this ends in this explosion of of praise and An expression of worship and praise. And how else, think about it, with all of that, how else could this end? How else could it end? I mean, we have his person. God is your Abba. His place, he is in heaven. His preeminence, holy is his name. The prayer for your kingdom. Come, Lord. His provision, the daily bread that he sends my way. His pardon, I am forgiven. His protection, I can trust God and ask for protection and victory over my flesh and my desires. In his power, he's the king of glory. How else could this prayer end? How else? It's explosive, it's awesome. And then I think of Jude 124. Jude would stand on your feet, would you? Jude 124. Matter of fact, we have it on the screen. I'd like you to read it with me, would you? Jude 124, talking about a great doxology, a great expression, an explosion of praise. Jude 124, read it with me. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. What an expression of praise to him. It's all about you, Lord. Father, we love your word. And we thank you for these very simple principles that you've given us. Father, not that we might repetitiously and vainly pray this prayer. But Lord, that we might take the elements that's within this prayer and apply them to our prayer. And Father, we know that it is in these elements that you will answer our prayer. And Lord, we're praying according to your will not according to our vain desires and our own pleasures. God, may we know that you are our Father. And Lord, you're in heaven, you're holy, you're coming. You love us, you provide for us. You've forgiven us, you protect us. In Jesus, you're all powerful. And even as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'd say to you, What you need, what do you need? Is it not God who can help you? God says in his word, if he had a need, he wouldn't come to us. But if we have needs, we should come to Jesus and ask him, and you're so ready to provide.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Carey